Here we are on the streets of Bilbao. You can probably hear the music pumping and the people behind us. This is the SBS Cycling Podcast back for another year from the Tour de France. And of course, I can't get rid of him. It's Dave McKenzie. How are you? Mate, I am hanging around like a bad smell. I, I will not disappear and I would not miss a Tour de France start in Spain and in Bizkaia, Bilbao. It's beautiful. I, I, I just wish it was a little bit sunnier, a little bit warmer. Look, I mean, it's been we, raining. <laughs> we do, yeah, the, 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 the rain can stick around in this part of the world, even in summer, believe it or not. But look, I'm in shorts. So I've got the raincoat on. But um, Yeah, but you're it, a maverick. You're yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, it was a good start. That was a good team prayers. Good vibe. Good atmosphere. Love the Spanish. I really uh, love yeah. the Spanish. They're just such a, you know, low-key sort of, really down-to-earth nation and they embrace it and cycling's massive for yeah. them here so stage one is going to be we, huge we are expecting a lot from the basque people we are expecting a lot just because the number of flag we've been seeing on the tour de france over the what 18 years 17 years you've been covering the tour you've every year you see the basque flag but where Tell you what, the Tour de France is starting from the Basque country. It's a massive thing. Yeah. I've got a bit of a nin with uh, with uh, Christian Prudhomme, as you know, and he told me that from the day they started the uh, Tour de France from San Sebastian, the very next day when it finished, the Basque country really already wanted to have the Tour de France back. That's how long ago was it? Uh, a, it's long a long time, time ago. ago. Miguel Indurain, I think, thirty-five was, uh, years ago. Almost. Jesus, so they, well, typical Spanish, they just took their time in getting <laughs> yeah. it. Well, in that case, it's the French that took their time to yeah, say well, yes to the Spanish. Maybe Christian was like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, let's um, next three years. And they yeah. went, oh, tranquilo, tranquilo. <laughs> next year, five years. Yeah, absolutely. It is good to be back. Absolutely. And then we are set to have a beautiful time, I think, because this Tour de France itself, when we look at the map, it's in what we call the diagonal of the emptiness in France. This is the name straight translation of it is because normally when you think about the the route of the Tour de France it goes through but never long enough it's always a transition time mm. but this time the Tour has focused on that area of France which normally they don't actually get that much stuff happening especially in cycling so it's already shaping to be something fantastic and I mean for us as well Australians 12 Aussies at the start of the Tour de France it's, it's an, an equal, equal record yeah, is it and equal and, record and Two Aussie teams. Yeah. Well, Jake yeah. Alula <laughs> and DSM, four Aussies. Okay, I'll leave you at this one. I'll leave that you at this is one. A, <laughs> that is a record. And listeners, tell me otherwise, but I'm telling you, in the 100 plus editions of the Tour de France, it is a record for Australians on a foreign team. Is it? Yeah, I believe it is. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Um, you would, you would, I mean, if we really wanted to nitpick, You'd have to go back to Opperman. I, I was going to say Opperman and all the these Australians stuff, who rode, and I think there was four, maybe, maybe. There was then. a New Zealander. New Zealander, well. probably yeah. only three then. So yeah. it's a record. It's it's pretty cool. And we we spoke to the guys. Actually, we spoke to them in a in a group chat. Chris Hamilton. It's incredible. He's the only one who's ridden the Tour de yeah. France. Yeah. You forget Alex Edmondson. Yeah. The time yeah. he's been a pro with Jake Olula, but he's he'd actually never ridden the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Super pumped for him and super pumped for, for the four of them. Absolutely. And what's even better is that they are all at the service of a Frenchman, uh, Romain Bardet. Which Mate, he, currently in his room beating him up with <laughs> well, pillows. So I don't think so. I, I was going to say it reminds me a lot of the car we share. You guys are helping me. Yes. <laughs> no, you're right, though. They're, they'll they'll totally be at the service of Bardet. And I, I think, I think that's, a, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. But 
you would like to think at some point they'll potentially get an opportunity. Um, one of them, well, certainly um, Sam Wellsford with the sprints. Mm -hmm. the DSM is such an interesting outfit because they, they are the old Sunweb, which were already successful with an other Australian, Michael Matthews, yep. uh, and the green jersey. So there is that legacy uh, in there in terms of the liking the country. Uh, Matt Winston, the, the DS, uh, one of the principal DS of Team DSM as well, has a, a link with, uh, with Australia. His brother lives in Perth yes. uh, and he loves Australia itself. He's there every that's, year. That's, look, it's not quite Australia. They, no. they, they actually tried to break away from us about 30 years ago, but yeah, well, some, some, some curtain issues, I think. WA, <laughs> come on, any WA listeners, you know I'm only but, I mean, like, you say this, but look at how WA is represented. Yeah, yeah, you're talking 12 massive. Australians, but... Hey, hey, two WA guys that could finish on the podium. At the top, yeah, at the top. Massive. So how is it actually, you know, we've probably never also had this as Australians to have two serious contenders for the podium Yeah, in history. Yeah, it's, Has it's, it happened before? Well, I'm trying. Well, I guess uh, was there a crossover? Was there a crossover with Cadell uh, and Richie? Uh, no, yeah, there wasn't. Maybe I don't think so. Was it? Was there someone else crossover with Cadell? Okay. Gee, this is terrible. Yeah, well, no. you, you've only got to think back ten years, <laughs> and I've forgotten already. Sorry if you're out there. Um, no, but look, it, it's it is a, on a serious note. It, it is massive. Twelve riders, two guys, one already a Grand Tour winner, one who's finished fourth yeah. at the Tour. Ben O'Connor, of course, and. Jai Hintley <coughs> winning the Giro. So we couldn't have asked for two better guys yeah. to, to represent us. And then throw in the mix, Jack Haig. Yeah. And, you know, it's a little bit unorthodox, his path to the tour this year. He wasn't meant to do it. Well, it's a bit dramatic. Yeah, a, a, yeah, and it is dramatic as well. Um, we have to remind it, the, the, the death of Gino Bander yeah, it's, it's probably contributed with uh, yeah. uh, Jack Haig being here at yeah. the tour today. Yeah, it is. And, and you know what, it's... It's actually good to mention it in, in, a, in a way to, to honour the memory of Gino Madea and we're, we're still all, you know, pretty sad about that and you can't imagine what the riders in the peloton, yep. but then more so, as you say, Bahrain victorious riders who are yep. here. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome of them to front up yeah, yeah, and you know they've got to switch in the race mode, so that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Ben O'Connor was really thrilled of of being on the at the, the doorstep of a podium uh, before at the Tour de France. Well, you know what? One of his dreams is to be on the podium. Let's listen to him. It starts with a bang. It starts with a day that you can't really be nervous about. You should just be excited for. So that's cool because yeah, the first stage of the tour can be, as from experience, pretty horrible. So. I hope that uh, it's a race you can finish, get to the bus and be happy about. Ah, oh, look, to be on the podium is the ultimate dream, I think, for me in, in my career. You know, um, that that would that would really make everything. So, if one day that becomes possible, then for sure. But uh, at the moment, I just have to take every single day as it is and play my best race and play my race. You know, and just focus on my my goals and objectives. So Ben O'Connor here dreaming, of course, of, of a podium. But can you imagine also, like, when you think about it, Ben O'Connor and Jai Hindley rode together as juniors. They, they must have met every weekend or every so, such and such weekend on this criterium or that criterium or this race. And in their head, they must have been dreaming of that Tour de France, at least the Tour de France start, where the, those two boys or those two guys or those two men oh, are here. It's phenomenal. It, it, yeah, we can't. You know, we sh we've got to keep talking about it because it, you're right. They grew up as kids, you know, riding, racing together all the way through, national team, etc. And here they are, you know, fourth at the Tour and Giro d'Italia winner. 
and now they're lining up with big hopes to both finish on the podium. They've both arrived in good shape, in great shape, injury-free, no crashes. And seriously, we, we're not pumping this up because we want you, uh, the public, to tune tune in to the the broadcast. This well, is we legit. We are. We, are. we want you to tune in. What you're saying is not BS. It's not. It's legit. <laughs> no, it is. This is it, proper. It they totally are properly is here. legit. It, it is totally legit. And you know, I, I always say, yeah. At 100% right now, Jonas Vingegaard and, and Tadej Pogacar, you can argue, sit above everyone else. And they are fighting it out. But they've got to survive. Yeah. They've got to survive the three weeks. And I'm not talking about form. I'm talking about surviving the crashes, surviving crosswinds, surviving this, surviving that. Look at look at Remco Evenepoel yeah. at the Giro d'Italia. Mm-hmm. He was going to win it. Everyone said he was going to win it. He actually didn't finish it because he caught COVID. So... We have two Australians who potentially right now, before one stage has happened, they are favourites to win this bike race. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's focus now on the beginning of this uh, of this Tour de France. Uh, when we look at what the Pays Basque and the Pays Basco, the Basque country for you that don't speak a foreign language, uh, has to offer, uh, on paper, it just looks amazing oh. from day one. Oh. Oh, tortilla de patata, yeah. uh, calamares. That's um, that's if you follow my feed. Oh, you're talking about the race. Oh, jeez. Oh, I must say, I know. they're the two dishes Easy I had mistake. for lunch today. Easy mistake. Um, now, you're right. It's probably the hardest opening week. Some people are saying the hardest opening week ever, basically ever in the history yeah. of the tour. And when we say ever, I think you've, you've got to say modern day. Okay, I think stage one of 1904 yeah, was, it was something pretty, like 600k. So. <laughs> the first four three days. The, 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 the 1928 tour, which that beautiful documentary uh, was right. made, yeah. the first six stages were actually team's time trials. Yeah. <laughs> the shortest one was about 250 kilometres. So, so maybe mean, not toughest so ever. Not the toughest <laughs> ever. Maybe since about 1950, 60, we'll say. Um, <laughs> But it is it is a brutal opening week. First two days, Caleb called it tonight. I spoke to him. He goes, I'll be just getting through. Okay. And then I think he said stage three, I think he said. Sprinters, stage three and four uh, for the sprinters. And then stage five is actually a proper mountain stage. It's not a just a mountain, one mountain finish, like say Planche de Belfi they've yeah. done in the past on stage six. This is a mountain stage on stage five. So it's un, it's unprecedented. So who do we see? I mean, it's going to be. I mean, I'd have to ask you the question. Who do you see yellow on day one? It's, it's a tough one to to read. Uh, okay, I'll give you three names. How about that? I'll give you three names. Uh, my my first one, I believe, Matthew Van der Poel. I believe he can he'll win stage one. Wout Van Aert, Tom Pidcock. No other Philip. No, I don't. I don't think he's going to go. I don't think he's going to go with maybe those three. Okay. I, I don't think Van Art will necessarily go on the attack. I think he will try and follow Pidcock and Van der Poel. He will play that real team role. He'll want to win the stage, but he won't be the one trying to break clear and dragging them with him. Pidcock will massively go on the attack, and I think Van der Poel will as well. Yeah, Van der Poel looks uh, quite interesting because uh, we haven't heard so much no. about it uh, it's, in, it's, in the league. It's been a quite sort of yeah. entry for him this year, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. So, yeah. so we don't really know and can read exactly where where we are at with uh, with him. And but we know how hungry he is for yellow jersey. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And look, those three know. Stage one, you win it, you get yeah. yellow. It's that, it's that bonus prize. Absolutely. Uh, and Todd Pinkock is is an interesting one as well because look at the team. 
it's hard to read that team about is there any leaders, any four leaders, who's leading this team? It's a, it's a new era for Ineos. Yeah, it is. And I spoke to him uh, as well tonight and I asked him that same question. I said, you know, I said, look, one thing, firstly, we're all excited to see the name Egan Bernal yeah. on the, on the yeah. lineup. But I said, what's the go with the team? What are the plans? What you know, is it is it all in for one or is it three or four pronged attack? And he more or less said that. He said we're coming here to try and win a bunch of stages and try and and try and uh, have a have a you know really successful race. Yeah, absolutely. And then, but 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 can can these drive Ineos therefore Pitcock that extra humph to get that jersey early? to get that success in the Tour de France early and, and, and just be happy very early in, a, in the actual race? I think so. I think he's pretty pumped. I did ask him about the, the stage, the opening stage, the running. He likes it. He said, I like it. He said, I've wrecked it. He's up for it. He's yeah. totally up for it. Did um, you ask him about Netflix? What's that? Did you ask him about Netflix? No, I didn't. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Have, have, have you seen the series? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So, um, yeah, look, he's... he's Vanderpoel was my man, but he. After I spoke to him, I'm, he's firming as a big okay. favourite for me too. So let's talk about the overall because uh, along the way we will have several podcasts on on this uh, on this route uh, to to Paris for the Tour de France. Uh, but what can we see from Pogacar? How much more? You spoke to him. Yes. Uh, how confident is he? How relaxed is he? How more mature is he? What's your What's your gut feeling with someone like Tadej Pogacar? Yeah, my gut feeling is he's going to be one hard man to beat. He was very subdued. Is very he one chilled. harder man to beat? Like the previous year? Would he be even harder than the previous years? Yeah. Look, uh, my gut feeling says yes. That I guess you go with your instincts. But there is that little bit of unknown. He comes in having not raced for six weeks yeah. or thereabouts. Let's remember he broke his wrist. Yeah, in Liège. Yeah, in so Liège. It's, it's been a, a, a long time since he's raced. But let's also remember he won the national jersey for time trial with more than five minutes yeah. on a 34-minute time trial or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's yeah, massive, <laughs> massive. So, yeah, so sorry, he has raced. He's raced pretty much national champs. Yeah. That's it. So, um no, I think he he was measured in his answers. He wasn't he wasn't he wasn't laughing. He wasn't joking. But he was just he was calm and very 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 measured and very um, not se- not overly serious. But he was just you know. There's very something chill. interesting with that team because when you look at um, the making of the of the UAE teams, they've got Yates in there, and yeah. Yates can actually be the trump card, not necessarily for the wind. But Yumbo cannot let Yates claim five minutes. No. So no, that's, but UAE that's are going to try to just bump it and, and yeah. annoy Yumbo yeah. and get them to control this. It's a really good point what you say. That's right. I, you, because when you, when you talk about that, you go, well, Yates won't win the tour anyway. Yeah. No, of course he but won't. If he, if he gets five minutes, he might. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. They can't afford. <laughs> so you're spot on. And, that, and, and that's what... Pogacar did not have last year. He didn't have a decoy. No, and it, yeah, he didn't have a guy that can ride with him in the high mountains and potentially attack. So that is that is a he's potentially a little bit of an X factor. Yeah. If he's got really good legs, Yates, and I'll, I'll be really curious to see how management tactically how they 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 try and orchestrate Yates into the fold. Yeah. How do you see Vingegaard though? Uh, he's good. He's going to be. I mean, good. we saw him at the Dauphiné hammered the place, yep. uh, won it hands down yep. uh, pretty much. How do you see his dominance that he carried from last year at the Dauphiné 
will this still be the case at the tour? It's interesting, isn't it? He comes here now as defending champ. He yeah. comes here as defending It's a different champ. game. It's a different game. He's absolute outright leader. Last year at the start, he yeah. was joint leader, remember, with, with Roglic until Roglic crashed out and went home. Okay. Have you seen the Netflix series? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> well, spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, so, you know, he comes here as the absolute leader with a team absolutely for him. And he comes here with confidence, doesn't he? Because he's won yeah. the race now. So it's... Uh, Oh, it's going to be a battle royale, no matter, and, and you know, you can predict all you want, but at the end of the day, we, we are in for a great battle between these guys. Any outsiders out of this, we're talking about the, 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 the main contenders, is, is there anyone in there, in this field that you John could Henry, see? John Henry, Ben O'Connor, yeah. they are, they're totally outsiders to win this race. Um, I don't think Bernal is going to mm. be up to that mark. It's just great to have him racing the tour. Um, I'd love to see him win a stage. Um, but I just don't think. And then outside of that, you know, um, Richard Carapaz. Richard Carapaz. That, that was my next question. Carapaz at EF. Ineos. Ineos. Uh, EF. EF. Yeah, no, he, no, he's with. Uh, he is with EF. Yeah, he is You're with right. EF. Yeah, Carapaz with he's EF. With Ineos. He's not. No, he's You're not right. anymore. Uh, he's with EF, and he's, they've got this sort of swag EF that could cause some a bit of chaos mm. inside. You know, Magnus Court. They've got uh, Rigoberto Uran. Like Esteban Chavez. The skateboarding team. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just like, hey dudes, hey girl, and well, we might just win three stages. Yeah, exactly. Sorry for the Americans. That was a pretty poor accent. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, this, there's this carapace factor, not for the win though. No. They overall win. He's, he's an outsider. If, he, if, if he's got his Giro d'Italia winning form of a few years ago, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Anything yeah. else you want to, to mention on this, except uh, that uh, you have to select the, the restaurant tonight? Yes, I will select the restaurant. I think, you know, you know what you do when you're, well, actually when you're anywhere in Spain, doesn't matter, I was about to say in, in Bilbao or, or in the Basque, doesn't matter anywhere in Spain. If you're not sure, just pick a tapas bar. Yeah, pick a tapas bar, and you've got a plethora <laughs> of platos to choose from, and a yeah. bit of rosado, or a bit of uh, Mark Fallahay, our editor extraordinaire. He is all, he is the wine connoisseur, may I say? Uh, he, this guy, he 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 is a mean editor. But he's a pretty good choice of uh, picking the wines each night as well. Yeah, absolutely. You haven't sent something. Is that I've been to Bordeaux. We drove into Bordeaux and talking yes. about wine, uh, I was ashamed because wine is a culture total yeah. in, uh, in Bordeaux and I felt so, so little whenever we went to a restaurant or something oh, where people were like, I don't, because I don't know and I don't drink wine. Yeah, I thought yeah. I was going to get beaten up in Bordeaux because I don't I, drink well, wine. I would have if I was there, but, you know, <laughs> senior, but you know, you're lucky you got away with it. Um, yeah, Bordeaux was beautiful. Yeah. I loved it. It was gorgeous. We had a couple of days basically to recover before we know what is going to be a massive five weeks ahead. Let's yeah. remind everyone and we don't need to, but it's the men's and then straight into the women's yeah. uh, Tour de France. Um, so it is going to be big five weeks and can't wait. Absolutely. Tune in on SBS all across uh, Australia and of course online as well. Uh, SBS.com.au slash sport for all your information. Thank you, Maka. Uh, Thank you. It's time, it's time for, for to have a bit of a feed and uh, regroup because we have a big, big, big week ahead of us. Big week ahead of us and we will be back online with the next pod. In a, it, It's about a week time isn't yeah it? absolutely stay tuned thank you Maka. Thank this you. was the sbs uh, cycling podcast uh tune into our website sbs.com.au slash sport for more information until the next episode it's bye for now